Welcome to the On The Air Podcast, a companion to On The Air Magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air Podcast extends material found in On The Air Magazine to help you learn about the many things the ham radio service and hobby have to offer. The On The Air Podcast is sponsored by ICOM, for the love of ham radio. In the new November-December issue of On The Air, we introduce readers to cue signals, bits of three-letter text that are used in amateur radio to convey specific meanings. Cue signals are more than just jargon, though. They serve a purpose. And while their use is in decline, you will still hear them being used on the air. So it helps to understand what they are and how they came to be. As the article in On the Air describes, cue signals were originally developed for use when operating Morse code. When amateur radio began more than a century ago, hams used Morse code exclusively. They didn't start using voice communication until the middle to late 1920s. When you're trying to bang out a conversation using a code key, sometimes under difficult conditions, it helps to use as few letters as possible. That's why so many hams would use abbreviations when sending code, and you will still see highly abbreviated text used in Morse code conversations today. For example, C-U-L means see you later. You'll even see code operators sending the letters ES to mean the word AND, as in the sentence, I purchased bread and milk at the store. This might be sent as bread, ES, milk, for bread and milk. And of course, code operators will use any number of Q signals, such as QTH, to mean my location, followed by whatever city or town they live in. Cue signals make it possible to send longer bits of information rather than just a word or two. When a Morse code operator sends QTH and follows it with a question mark, she means, what is your location? Or let's say there's interference on the frequency, and the other station is having difficulty hearing your signal. She might send, sorry, or actually the letters SRI, the abbreviation, for sorry, and then QRM, meaning that there's interference on the frequency. When hams began using voice communication, you'd think that cue signals would fall out of favor, but you'd be wrong. Remember that many of these amateurs were Morse code operators, so they brought their Morse code communication habits along with them when they switched to voice. Even though they could now speak the sentence, my home is in Cincinnati, They still preferred to say, my QTH is Cincinnati. Here's an example, recently recorded on the 40-meter band. Yeah, what's your QTH? You said upstate. Um, Are you as far north as Plattsburgh? Over the years, there's been a push toward the use of what some people call plain language or plain English communication in amateur radio. This is especially true of voice communication. But still, progress has been slow, and that's why you will still hear people on the air using cue signals during voice conversations. 
This is especially true on HF frequencies, but you'll hear it on VHF as well. Among the most recognized Q signals in amateur radio is this one. What you just heard was a transmission from W1AW, the official station at ARRL headquarters in Newington, Connecticut. It was being sent just before a Morse code bulletin transmission. It's sent more than once. Listen again. What you heard was the Q signal QST being sent in Morse code. QST means Attention All Amateurs, meaning that all amateurs are invited to listen and make note of whatever is about to follow. When ARRL was founded more than a hundred years ago, the founders chose to use QST as the name of the organization's membership journal. It has appeared on the covers of QST magazine ever since. The funny thing is, many amateurs have long forgotten what QST stood for, because it's not commonly used outside of W1AW bulletin transmissions or, of course, QST magazine. There are many other Q signals that are commonly used in voice transmissions, although their usage is gradually fading. You'll mostly hear them being used by veteran amateur radio operators who've been using Q signals for many years. It's a hard habit to break. You might hear a couple of amateurs on the air talking about the QSO that they just enjoyed, or one amateur thanking another for a nice QSO. In this context, QSO simply means conversation. Here's an on-the-air example. Really enjoyed the QSO. Um, had a lot of fun this morning and uh, sure made my coffee taste even better. So why don't they just say conversation? Well, again, custom tends to prevail. Another common usage is QRT, which in context usually means I'm shutting down my station and I won't be standing by for more calls. So why not just say, I'm going off the air? Well, QRT is a bit shorter, if a little bit more obtuse. How about this one? QSL. Now, there's a Q signal you'll hear frequently, although less often than you used to. QSL means receipt of contact, a confirmation from the other station that, yes, you contacted them, or vice versa. Up until about 15 years ago, most QSLs took the form of postcard-sized cards that hams would send to each other with the information about the contact, along with some artwork or perhaps even a photograph of the operator's station. But in more recent years, these paper QSLs have become less common. The majority of hams today use electronic receipts, or what some hams call electronic QSLs. They still serve the same function, that is, to confirm a contact. But now the verifying information is sent electronically and used in logging systems such as ARRL's Logbook of the World and others. Hams still exchange verifications to confirm contacts with stations in a state, county, or country that they need to qualify for an award. Interestingly, you'll sometimes hear QSL used in a rather different way. You may hear a ham say QSL when what he or she really means is, 
I understand, or you're right, or I get it. This is true both on HF frequencies and on VHF. Somebody might say, Joe, I'll meet you tonight at the restaurant at 8 o'clock. And the other operator may reply, QSL. On occasion, you'll even hear QSL used to mean that the other operator understood everything you sent, as in QSL on all that. Here's another Q signal that's made the transition from being used to convey meaning on the air to being a label for a particular amateur radio activity. I'm speaking of the Q signal QRP, which means reduce power. Starting decades ago, hams appropriated QRP to mean any operation that takes place using 5 watts output or less. This is a whole facet of amateur radio unto itself, and it's attracted many enthusiasts. There are even clubs devoted to nothing but QRP operating. So you might hear somebody say, I'm going to take my radio to a park today and operate QRP. What she means is that she's going to take her radio to a park and get on the air, but with less than 5 watts output. You could go a little farther with this one, too. There is an unofficial Q signal known as QRPP. This means using less than 1 watt. So can you guess what the opposite of QRP might be? Well, if you look through a list of Q signals, you'll see one that reads QRO. That means increase power. The way hams use the Q signal QRO can vary considerably. After all, if you have a 100-watt station, you are definitely QRO compared to a QRP operator who is using just 5 watts. But in most ham circles, QRO is taken to mean higher power, typically in excess of 500 watts and sometimes as high as 1500 watts. If you plan to try Morse code operating, here's a Q signal that you may find particularly useful. QRS. It means reduce sending speed. If you can only decipher Morse code at, say, 12 words per minute, but the person you are trying to contact is blazing along at 30 words per minute, you may want to send QRS. Maybe send it twice for emphasis. Or send please QRS, or abbreviate please to PSE, which means the same thing as please or please QRS slow down. You may find that this comes in handy from time to time, and most hams, no matter how fast they can send, are almost always willing to slow down for a new operator. Don't be surprised if you occasionally hear a cue signal spoken as a word. The most common example involves the cue signal QRM, which again means interference. On occasion, you may hear a ham say quorm, and what he means is QRM. He just inserted a vowel to turn it into a word. This type of usage is not common, but you will run into it from time to time. Just like you may hear a ham refer to a standing wave ratio, or SWR, as swir, as in my swir is 1.5 to 1. I've even heard a digital mode known as the Automatic Packet Reporting System, or APRS, referred to as APERS, which sounds very strange to say the least. 
There's really nothing wrong with using cue signals during voice communication. But when in doubt, plain language is always the way to go. After all, you want to be clearly understood, whether you're enjoying a friendly conversation or perhaps operating during an emergency situation when clear communications is especially critical. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the November-December 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. I'll be back next month when we discuss how to go about getting a better signal out of your handheld transceiver. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to OTA at ARRL.org, read our blog at ARRL.org forward slash OTA hyphen blog, or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY 73.